Welcome to the Newsbusters podcast with your host, executive editor of Newsbusters, Tim Graham. Hello and welcome. I'm going to guess you didn't watch the entire President Biden speech. I mean, it was about 15 minutes. Not in the middle of the football game. Uh, I thought that, well, there was a couple things that were funny. One is when it's like, I'm going to hold Iran accountable. Yeah. (laughs) That's not your record, Mr. President. I'm going to make sure Iran gets all the oil revenues it needs to send to Hamas. Uh, But this is where, to me, uh, as the speech went on, we got more of this line we're getting lately where Biden talks about how we did all kinds of wrong things in America after 9-11. So I'm plucking this part of the speech. I know many of you in the Muslim American community or the Arab American community, the Palestinian American community, whatever. This is the liberal lingo. And so many others are outraged and hurting, saying to ourselves, here we go again with Islamophobia and distrust we saw after 9-11. And then he said, when I was in Israel yesterday, I said when America experienced the hell of 9-11, we felt enraged as well. While we sought and got justice, we made mistakes. So I cautioned the government of Israel not to be blinded by rage. Now, I wasn't at the Media Research Center when 9-11 happened. I was actually a White House reporter. Um, But I can tell you what happened, if you're too young to remember, was we had a period of national unity that maybe lasted about a month um, where we were united in our outrage and our grief. And then President Bush went to war in Afghanistan and it shifted. So I wanted to take some time today going back into the Media Research Center archives from a period where I wasn't actually here. So I don't have quite as much of a memory of some of these things. I went back to look at what quotes Brent Baker and company were finding in 2001. Some of these will be familiar to you. But this shows you this was not just a period of blind rage. There was a lot of left-wingery going on, a lot of moral equivalence, a lot of America loathing, frankly. Uh, it wasn't all blind rage and patriotism and because the left hates patriotism. Uh, They just see it as gross. Uh, They see it as bigotry, basically. And they don't make any distinction, you know, the way Barack Obama did. Yeah, I'm sure the Greek people are proud of being Greece, too. They think Greece is the best country ever. And they never really make a distinction that American patriotism is based on the American founding. And we think that's unique in in world history. Obviously, Barack Obama is always going to think America's no better than any other country. That's what made him a successful Democrat. Yes, what made Barack Obama special was he didn't love America so much. He was a citizen of the world. He had a global family. And the embarrassing parts of the Obama family we won't talk about. Uh, Anyway, on September 17, 2001... Bill Maher had a show on ABC called Politically Incorrect, and boy, was he. This one you might remember. 
uh, he said of America, we have been the cowards lobbing cruise missiles from 2,000 miles away. That's cowardly. Staying in the airplane when it hits the building. Say what you want about it, not cowardly. Uh, what happened shortly after that was ABC said, I don't think we're going to have this Bill Maher show on now. And he moved to HBO. Uh, but uh, um, maybe to Comedy Central first, I forget. But he definitely was removed from ABC. Um, th- you know, this is, this is six days after 9-11. We're the cowards. And basically saying the guys who flew an airplane into the World Trade Center were brave what is wrong with you this is sort of the way the left thinks they just have to make that an anti-american flex no matter how dumb it sounds then of course we also get the um the media and their moral equivalents these were the things i i certainly remember this one the global head of news for Reuters News Service, a guy named Stephen Jukes, just announced the liberal media's take. We all know that one man's terrorist is another man's freedom fighter. No, we don't know that. That's a dumb thing you guys say. Reuters upholds the principle that we do not use the word terrorist. To be frank, it adds little to call the attack on the World Trade Center a terrorist attack. Well, it's not a conventional military practice to fly a, uh, a passenger jet into a skyscraper. Passenger jet full of innocent people. Skyscraper full of innocent people. That's kind of where the word terrorism tends to break in. It's meant to terrify. And it succeeded... And you, Stephen Jukes, were a moron. Um, this is what people don't like about the media. It's the only time the so-called objectivity breaks out is when it's like, oh, we got to stand up against the American bigotry and patriotism. They're going to use emotional words like terrorism. Mm-hmm. Then, of course, there's Phil Donahue. Do we count Phil Donahue as the media? Well, yes. Actually, he got a show on MSNBC... In 2003, I remember, I was invited to be on that show. Brent Bozell was like, let's not. <laughs> it's Phil Donahue. <laughs> Phil Donahue was on the O'Reilly Factor on September 25, 2001. Two weeks after the attack. Donahue, I do not believe the memory of the 7,000 plus people who were killed in these most horrendous acts of terrorism. Oh, at least he used the word are honored by going out and killing other civilians. That sounds applicable to today, doesn't it? Hamas should slaughter and then we shouldn't go back and kill civilians in Gaza. This is a very common quote-unquote peace movement take. We went alone when we bombed Tripoli at night, a crowded city where old people and children were sleeping. 1986, Reagan. We killed Gaddafi's kid, lots of other children. One person said, well, several people. Well, he's adopted, they said of the kid. And we got Pan Am 103, Lockerbie, which is, which was a, a Libyan terrorist attack where they, they crashed a, a, a commuter jet or passenger jet into the ground in Scotland. Moral equivalence. 
when you fight up back against the Libyans because they'd killed American soldiers in a disco. Well, we got what we deserved, I guess, according to Phil Donahue. More on the way the media tries to be morally equivalent. On the show CBS Sunday Morning, a liberal sinkhole. CBS News foreign correspondent Alan Pizzi. To Western ears, calls for blood-soaked martyrdom are an alien concept, but consider the way things are for millions of Muslims of all ages. Oh, so we're going to learn why suicide bombers, let's, let's talk about the rationale. It sounds rational, does it? If you were born into grinding poverty where upward mobility isn't even a dream and have little to sustain you in life beyond religion, you too might find yourself screaming for the new Messiah with a $5 million price on his head. And then, everywhere you go in the world, you will hear some version of the words, we are a freedom-loving people. But like beauty, freedom is a perception that lies in the eye of the beholder, and we or other nations' versions at our peril. The most dangerous perception of all may be that one's own side has an exclusive claim to either truth or patriotism. Yes, you might define freedom as like what free people get, but other people have different ideas. Hamas thinks Gaza is a free country, do they? I mean, this is this is this is Barack Obama. That's that's basically what Alan Pizzi is doing. You know, patriotism's dangerous. Everybody thinks they've got a monopoly on the truth because they think America's great. Well, again, yes, a journalist shouldn't think that someone has a monopoly on the truth, except guess what? They think they do. They have an arrogance. It's not patriotism. It's definitely self-righteousness. Yes, in this period of blind rage, this is what the media sounded like. Yes, patriotism was a terrible thing. The October 19th, 2001 Today Show, the unforgettable Ann Curry. Yikers. Anybody remember Ann Curry? Matt Lauer got her career destroyed. <laughs> Yikes. She was one of those, oh, she's good as a news reader, but when she becomes an actual host or a journalist, it's... Ugh. So, of course, they're worried about the Pledge of Allegiance. The American Civil Liberties Union is very concerned about your resolution. They're saying basically that those young people who choose not to participate in the Pledge of Allegiance are targeted for harassment. And the New York City school system has a lot of people, a lot of students, and perhaps even teachers who are not American citizens. <laughs> you have a massive number of illegal immigrants who should not be required to say the Pledge of Allegiance. Why would they have any allegiance to a country that just let them sneak in? Yeah, okay. Then she asked, but part of the thinking behind some of the criticism that perhaps maybe an addendum to a renewing a symbol of patriotism in perhaps school systems around the country really should be thinking about renewing a lesson about tolerance. <laughs> you right-wingers believe in patriotism. We believe in tolerance. But somehow, it look, patriotism about America is to some extent a feeling about tolerance for freedom of speech, the First Amendment, that's tolerance. Patriotism and tolerance aren't 
mutually exclusive. But in their in the left's definition, tolerance would mean you shouldn't really make anybody say, I pledge allegiance to the United States of America with liberty and justice for all. Blech. <laughs> the American Civil Liberties Union really doesn't like America. How about that? Um, I'm looking at a bunch of quotes uh, from ABC News reporter Dan Harris, who was on Afghan in Afghanistan. Sounds a lot like ABC News does right now. October 23, 2001, Dan Harris. According to Al Jazeera, oh, thanks a lot. According to the dictator of Qatar and his news service, U.S. attacks on a village near Kandahar killed 93 civilians on Tuesday, including 18 members of one family. There has been no independent confirmation. ABC News. More people watch ABC News in America than anybody else. They don't give a crap about independent confirmation. They just repeat Al Jazeera. That was very much in the spirit of Peter Jennings. I'm from Canada. I did become a naturalized American, but I'm a Canadian in my mindset. And of course, Dan Harris concluded, everyone we spoke with at this tiny hospital in Afghanistan said the ongoing raids have made the population here and across the border angry at the U.S. and supportive of the Taliban. A little bit of a Grinch smile at ABC News. Ah, people hate America and love the Taliban. Take that, George W. Bush. And with this mentality, on the very same day, October 23, ABC News president David Weston you might know him now. He's had a Bloomberg TV show. But back then, in the age of Peter Jennings, he was the president of ABC News. He went to an event at the Columbia University Graduate School of Journalism. And someone asked if the Pentagon was a legitimate target. David Weston, president of ABC News. I actually don't have an opinion on that. And it's important I not have an opinion on that as I sit here in my capacity right now. Yes, once again, somehow ABC News is located in Switzerland, not in New York City. Is the Pentagon a legitimate target for attack? Eh? <laughs> this is about as ridiculous as ABC putting on Hunter Biden and saying, is the laptop mine? Eh? I mean, it's not exactly the same. It's just as stupid. Now, this was on C-SPAN. Uh, four days later, famous Media Research Center story. Shown on C-SPAN, watched by Brent H. Baker, founding media critic, Media Research Center. I was not here. He made a big deal out of this. It became a thing. It became a real news story that David Weston couldn't decide if the Pentagon was a legitimate target. Yes, let's, let's give you some more of this. It's really funny. For me to take a position and this was right or wrong. I mean, that's perhaps for me in my private life. Perhaps it's for me dealing with my loved ones. Perhaps it's for my minister at church. But as a journalist, I feel strongly that's something I should not be taking a position on. See, this is, look, dummy. <laughs> Journalists take positions constantly. These guys wouldn't wear an American flag pin, but they'll all wear purple for spirit day for the gay and lesbians. <laughs> They're going to wear a Ukraine flag, but not an American flag. I mean, it's just, 
the idea that they, they they break this out. We don't take positions on important issues, but Trump's a fascist. Okay. <laughs> uh, now, October 30, 2001. Never found out which reporter this was. We just have unidentified male reporter to Defense Secretary Donald Rumsfeld. You said the airstrikes are deliberately designed not to hit residential centers, but you also say the Taliban is hiding weapons, stockpiling weapons in residential areas. Have you ruled out the possibility of dropping leaflets days in advance of an airstrike to get residents out and saying this could become a military target? <laughs> could you drop a leaflet and say, we're going to bomb here in two days? Yeah, that'll help the citizens prepare and nobody else. This is probably the kind of thing, I forget the date now, that they had the skit on Saturday Night Live where the reporters are all like, can you tell us exactly the coordinates of your next attack? <laughs> okay. And about this time, New York Times columnist R.W. Apple, or they called him Johnny, Johnny Apple, he was already asking, could Afghanistan become an, another Vietnam? That's three weeks in. Because at that point, you know, we got out of Vietnam in what, 1975? Every time the American military was deployed anywhere. Heck, probably Grenada. What do we do in Grenada the rest of the week? Uh, it was always another Vietnam. Now, we can look back now from the 2020s and say, well, did it become another Vietnam? Johnny Apple's not with us anymore to go, see? I just want to underline this because this came in the so-called blind rage period. The left was being the left in the weeks after 9-11, just like they're going to quickly become the left with, with Hamas and Israel. Now, we got to go back to this one. November 7, 2001, almost two months after. Eric Sorensen is the president of MSNBC. He does not like what the MRC is doing and the other right-wingers. Uh, he was quoted in the New York Times. Any misstep and you can get into trouble with these guys and have the patriotism police hunt you down. What? Like we are armed guerrillas? We're putting out a little blue sheet newsletter. It's not like we're Al-Qaeda. Then he goes on. These are hard jobs. Just getting the facts straight is monumentally difficult. We don't want to have to wonder if we are saluting properly. Was I supposed to use the three-fingered salute today? What is that? You're a Boy Scout? Boy Scouts are, are reverent and thrifty and clean and brave and love their country. Obviously, that doesn't fit for journalists. Reverence? <laughs> Patriotism? Blech. While we're on that subject, blech. Geraldo Rivera! Because <laughs> Phil Donahue wasn't enough idiocy. Rivera on the O'Reilly factor, just like Donahue. Bill O'Reilly, supposedly. What's this thing about Fox News being a right-wing news channel with no opposing points of view? Geraldo Rivera blamed everybody obsessed with Monica Lewinsky. We caused 9-11. It was a huge national distraction going after a guy who lied about getting oral sex from a woman he wasn't married to. And I think I know a million guys who get oral sex from a woman they weren't married to. <laughs> really, Geraldo? 
<laughs> Who could we be talking about? Matt Lauer? <laughs> Geraldo, all of us have a shared guilt right now, and the shared guilt is for the last 10 years we've been horribly distracted. I would bet you I can find 4,000, 5,000 FBI agents who wish to God they weren't assigned to Whitewater, Monica Gate, Bill Clinton, that instead they were on the trail of Osama bin Laden and the people who are plotting mass murder against us. 9-11, I blame you, Kenneth Starr. Twinkle, twinkle, Kenneth Starr. That was Geraldo. And the treacherous trip. You know, Geraldo. What a buffoon. Still a buffoon. Just recently expelled from the Fox News channel. Way too long. Uh, and then, of course, we have, if, if you're going to use the word terrorist, put it right next to abortion. ABC's 2020, November 28, 2001. The reporter was Jamie Floyd. This woman, she was routinely on this whole front. Try to stop abortions, you're terrible. Since September 11, the word terrorist has come to mean someone who is radical, Islamic, and foreign. But many believe we have as much to fear from a homegrown group of anti-abortion crusaders. Nobody flew a jet into a Planned Parenthood clinic. But, you know, Jamie Floyd, she could not be stopped. Now, I just want to make this point. This was one thing we had in the year-end issue that I think really applies to today. Uh, Time magazine essayist Lance Morrow, who said lots of silly things about Monica Lewinsky back in the day and then sort of came to regret it. But after 9-11, they had a special edition of Time. And I think Lance Morrow could be applied to what's going on in Israel today. Anyone who does not loathe the people who did these things and the people who cheer them on is too philosophical for decent company. The worst times, as we see, separate the civilized of the world from the uncivilized. This is the moment of clarity. Let the civilized toughen up and let the uncivilized take their chances in the game they started. Good for you, Lance Morrow. Atypical for Time magazine. Uh, but I, that's, that's an important thing. Uh, I especially like this part the people who did these things and the people who cheer them on. I want to remind people that we saw a video after 9-11 of the Palestinians absolutely jumping up and down, pom-pom cheering about 9-11. And so, you know, th this is one of those things you need to remember about who Israel is fighting. Uh, okay, so this just came in. It's a little late, uh, but Nick Fondacaro showed me this. Curtis Hauk mentioned it on Newsmax today. Brian Stelter attacks the media. What? I can hardly believe it. Uh, Brian Stelter was on News Nation with Dan Abrams. Abrams, Hamas is not a credible source for information, period, and yet so many in the media treat them as if their statements are just as reliable as any other government statement. Here, here, exactly. Brian Stelter, clearly separate from CNN. You know, sometimes, Dan, you're out there criticizing the media, and I want to defend the media. But there is no defense here. 
This was an atrocious series of mistakes by many different major newsrooms all around the same time on Tuesday. I'm sorry, he's talking about the hospital bombing, the so-called Israeli airstrike. Stelter, unfortunately, I don't think there's been a follow-up or accountability to make sure it doesn't happen again. I've noticed oftentimes in breaking news stories, breaking news scenarios, when information is lowest, interest is highest. By the time we actually know the facts, people move on. This was one of those cases, but was even worse because when the stakes are highest, it seems the standards were the lowest, and it should be the opposite. I agree heartily with Brian Stelter. It's just like the other day. We're looking at Twitter, and here is leftist, Democrat, Congressman Ted Lieu being retweeted by Ben Shapiro. <laughs> what happened? Ted Lieu is like, the Los Angeles Times is terrible the way they covered this hospital attack. Okay, we'll take it. See, there, there are times where we can all come together for a minute and say, I agree with you, left-winger. Stelter gets it right. Let's, uh, let's bring you another little bit of Stelter. I do think it's important to analyze the Israel part of this. Israel is not perfect. The IDF is not perfect. I've questioned Israeli officials on live TV in the past. They deserve scrutiny. Right. But Israel is a functioning democracy with a vibrant press. And I think in some ways, perhaps Israel's held to a much higher standard than sources on the Gaza Strip, for example. Bingo! Yes, Israel has a vibrant anti-Netanyahu press. You know, they have a vibrant left-wing press in Israel. Like we have a vibrant left-wing press in the United States. Yeah, our problem, Mr. Stelter, is that somehow he can't see that the conservative media is also vibrant. They apply scrutiny to people. It's just like the funniest, unintentionally hilarious moment in Biden's speech is where he's like, in Iran, we're holding Iran accountable. No, you're not. You've been a bunch of saps for Iran. Let's make sure they get billions and billions of oil revenue so they can fund Hamas. Great job, Brandon. Uh, column, I just want to finish up with this, the syndicated column. I just had to make this point during this free speech week. Big tech, they all employ these independent fact checkers basically to fend off the Dems and their allied media outlets because, oh, there's so much misinformation on big oh, Facebook and Twitter. It's got to be shut down. So they get their independent fact checkers to flag questionable posts and those posts get blocked or limited. People on these outlets are either you can't see it, it's invisible to you, or it comes to the screen saying, this has been fact-checked, don't believe any of it. Sometimes there's a point. Sometimes there's not. That's why you look at 6,000 examples at censortrack.org. But nobody thinks Facebook or Google or X are going to punish those mainstream media sources when they get it this wrong, egregiously incorrect. You know, Brian Stelter and Oliver Darcy love to talk about Fox doesn't deserve the freedom of reach. They can have freedom of speech, but they don't get to have freedom of reach. That's why the cable companies should shut down Fox News. Nobody talks about shutting down CNN when they're wrong. 
Yes, uh, Hamas claimed Israel bombed a hospital and killed hundreds of people. CNN, headline, Israel hits hospital and school in Gaza as blockade cripples healthcare system. Now, could you have a more Hamas-friendly headline than that, CNN? Their first paragraph, a school and a hospital in Gaza were among the civilian refuges, lethally blasted during Israeli airstrikes on Tuesday, as humanitarian concerns mount over ongoing deprivation of food, fuel, and electricity to the isolated population. All of that is CNN, the Hamas News Network. This is where Stelter, when he's attacking the media, he's clearly attacking his old network. I mean, he didn't say it out loud, but there it was. The wire services, the ones that we're supposed to all rely on, Many, many newspapers across the United States and any radio stations that are still airing radio news. It's not that common now. You're going to have to listen to National Public Radio at the top of the hour. Today, Anthony Blinken is still a demigod. No, that's not. Anyway, uh, the AP headline, hundreds killed in Israeli airstrike on Gaza City Hospital, Health Ministry says. That's what they use for Hamas, Health Ministry. Reuters, Israeli airstrike hits Gaza hospital, hundreds dead. They don't even have a source. Then on television, of course, CNN's Jake's Tapper. Oh, Nick Fondacaro's shaking his fist. Jake can't see it, but Nick's there going. In the initial moments after the explosion said there was no reason to doubt the claims of the Palestinians. Oh, sure. The New York Times homepage, front and center, Israeli strike kills hundreds in hospital, Palestinians say. Now, yes, they all kind of started walking it back like, oh, New York Times, Palestinians and Israelis blame each other ahead of Biden's arrival. Then Biden and his National Security Council said it wasn't Israel. Still, a Reuters fact check on October 19, two days afterwards, shamelessly still said the Palestinian Authority said an Israeli airstrike killed hundreds, while Israel said the blast was caused by a failed rocket launch, rocket launch by the Palestinian Islamic Jihad militant group. Yes, even in their moral equivalence, Islamic Jihad is a militant group. Now, I'm still waiting for the independent fact checkers to attack CNN. Okay, I'm not really waiting for that. But if you go looking at the fact checkers, what do you get? Oh, they're still hitting the Republicans. Toronto's own Daniel Dale at CNN is doing DeSantis campaign, falsely describes Nikki Haley's comments on the people of Gaza. Glenn Kessler's only recent fact check of the Washington Post is Nikki Haley misleads town hall audience on Chinese land acquisitions. Now, some of the others, the Reuters fact check, the AP fact check, PolitiFact, um, they seem very concerned that people are going to uh, fall for pictures or uh, old, you know, this didn't happen then, that didn't happen then. But, I, you know, there's just, they're not doing anything on the so-called mainstream media mangling this hospital bombing. A missile hit a parking lot. 
Some sources were now trying to say the casualty count was 10 to 50. Well, obviously, everybody reported hundreds. But, you know, who knows? Dan Harris in 2001 said, well, sometimes we get the impression the Taliban is exaggerating the body count. Okay, so then maybe you should not report what they have to say as, as the truth. Don't come here with your facts first apples and lecture at us when you're willing to accept whatever Hamas puts in your earpiece. And I think the thing that just made me mad was, yes, on the PBS NewsHour, they basically said, let's all move on. Instead of saying, let's have a moment to say how we all got this wrong. How can we not do this again? There's no confessional for the media, if a Catholic boy may insist. Mea culpa, mea culpa, mea maxima culpa. PBS goes on to say, Biden's claims that Israel didn't do it. Biden's claims did little to dampen the fury ripping through the region. In other words, we kind of like the rage on the Arab street and we want it to continue. These are the same people who say there's too much misinformation out there. Yes, the Hunter Biden laptop had all the hallmarks of Russian disinformation. There are no hallmarks of Hamas misinformation. You notice that? So it's not surprising that the new Gallup poll finds once again an all-time high 39% of Americans surveyed had no trust at all in the news media. I don't think I'd say no trust at all. Now, you know, a lot of times I would say, uh, I'm skeptical. You know, there's a lot of, remember, there's a lot of stuff that the media reports every day that is factual. It's just, you can't, once there's once something they're really passionate about is involved, then you can't trust them. That's that's the problem. But I wouldn't tell a pollster I have zero trust. Uh, I would say trust but verify or something or or something. I probably don't trust. I'm always out there though to verify the bias. That's what we're here for. Only 32% said they had trust, a great deal of trust or some trust. It's not a good picture out there. And and yet we have a news media that just doesn't have any self-reflection whatsoever. This is exactly what Steve Krakauer said in his book. They are not good at introspection. But if they ever wanted to come around and think about what they're doing wrong, they, like you, should come to Newsbusters once, twice, 24 times a day. Thanks for listening.